Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. This is our match preview. Newcastle head down to Anfield for a 12.30 kickoff against Liverpool on Saturday afternoon. I'm joined by John Gibson to preview this one. And John, we've probably got the whole backing of every football fan on the British Isles who want Newcastle United to beat Liverpool after the Super League proposal debacle. I know we did podcast earlier in the week where we went on a massive rant about how disgraceful these proposals were by the so-called leading European clubs. I'm over the moon to see it collapse. I'm over the moon to see it just fall away and that fan power has won over uh, these billionaire owners who you know, didn't even give them a second thought when they were agreeing to this scheme, this project. So I just want to get your thoughts on the collapse of the Super League first off. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm absolutely delighted um, I thought the outcome would be it would be very difficult to go ahead, but I didn't expect them to capitulate so quickly. But they've just scuttled off and run for cover, and so they should. And, uh, but I think, quite frankly, um, they will be forever tainted, all the six clubs, by what they attempted to do to sell football collectively in this country down the river. And it was absolutely appalling, the, the whole thing. And thankfully, now all over. But you're quite correct. It'll be all the neutral supporters in the country would be absolutely delighted if uh, we tucked up Liverpool. Liverpool would only be supported by Liverpool. And uh, even their fans and their manager, Klopp, were against this uh, breakaway league even before the thing collapsed. As Pet Guardiola was it down at, at Man City. I think it's been universal amongst players as well as fans. And it was just the clubs, the people at the top, who are the money grubbers who blatantly went ahead and, and were willing to uh, sacrifice everybody else. The Premier League meetings now are going to be incredibly uncomfortable, aren't they? When you know, you've got the six representatives supposedly, I know it's Zoom these days, but sitting in the same room as the rest of the Premier League clubs, with the rest of the clubs knowing what those six were attempting to do to them. It's uh, it's an awful, awful situation. But when money comes into play on big business, all ethics and seem to go out the window. And uh, Yeah, it would be lovely if Newcastle can tuck up Liverpool on uh, on Saturday lunch. Mm, to be a fly on the wall of one of those meetings would be very interesting oh, indeed, oh, wouldn't it? Um, well, absolutely. We've, we've had Paris and Crystal Palace openly saying that, you know, it's going to be very difficult to sit down with these people because they sold them down the river behind their backs and uh, there's no question. I mean, the fact that it hasn't come to fruition does not change one iota what these six clubs were prepared to do. Um, and I think all the more uh, strength to your board, the clubs like Bayern Munich and Paris Saint-Germain, that right from the start, they they didn't climb into bed with, uh, with the other 12. Indeed, indeed. Well, Liverpool, let's talk about the football, John. You know, it, yeah. on paper, it seems a daunting task, but they're under pressure with what's happened, like we say, with the Super League. And even before then, to qualify for the Champions League, you know, they're not at the moment favourites to do so. We have West Ham and Leicester City 
crashing the party. It's funny how all this kind of uh, rolls into the whole factor that the Super League was actually set up in the first place to to make sure that these teams always get into the top European competition. It's a bit ironic that <laughs> Liverpool come into this game knowing that anything really less than a win would really damage yes. their chances of doing so, qualifying for the Champions League. Absolutely. Well, you know, when you look at that, Andrew, you've got Liverpool, you've got Spurs, and you've got Arsenal, who aren't going to make, or may not make, the Champions League, and yet they were going to be locked in where they couldn't be relegated out of it if they'd had their own way. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, looking at this game itself, is that... Um, Newcastle have got got to travel without fear. They, I felt that they've suffered during the awful run they had recently, of, you know, 22 games with two victories or whatever, before the little back-to-back wins they've just had. And what was wrong during that period was that they were timid, both tactically and in their overall physical approach on the pitch. And... Um, In other words, they played with fear. And um, Newcastle haven't done that in the last couple of games. And they've got to go down there without fear. Because if you've got fear and trepidation, you're in in big trouble. But this, as you sort of uh, suggested uh, just there, Andrew, this is not the Liverpool that won the championship last season. This is not the Liverpool that won the European uh, Cup a couple of seasons back. This is a different Liverpool side. I mean, they lost six on the trot at home. That is absolutely unheard of. Six on the bounce at home, culminating by Fulham, no less, winning 1-0 there uh, last month. And that shows they're not the team they were. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that there's nobody on the cop because really... That cop is a 12th man to Liverpool. There's no question about that. The atmosphere down there is quite unique to any other ground in England, I think, with the, the singing before the game, you never walk alone, etc., etc. They have no cop, and just as significantly, they've got no centre-halves with Van Dijk out and Joe Gomez and Joel Matip. Midfield general Jordan Henderson's been missing for the last month. And the famous three up front aren't scoring goals in the quantities that they scored last season and before that. Uh, So this is a different team to the Liverpool side that was virtually invincible last season. And Newcastle have got to approach the match with the idea that, yes, we're getting Liverpool at the right time. If you remember... We we drew North North with Liverpool up here a short while back when we were in the middle of an 11-match run that produced no victories whatsoever. And we still managed to draw with Liverpool because this is a different Liverpool. I'm not underestimating them. They've still got huge players. If the front three click, they're still capable of ripping the heart out of most clubs. There's no question that it is a tough task. But it's not the task that it was, and and Newcastle have got to approach it with that in mind. 100%. What we need to see tomorrow from Steve Bruce isn't the usual pay too much respect to the opposition. We know, like you say, Liverpool are still a good side. They've still got really good players. But they're wounded here. This is an opportunity to really get at them. 
They've already struggling, like we say, with the pressures of qualifying for the top four. Leeds got the better of them, 1-1 draw. And all this fallout from the Super League, their owners' uh, apology, which, yep. I mean, well, well, yeah, I would like to talk to some we- local fans about that because it didn't really come across too much as an apology to me. He said the word sorry, but um, I wouldn't be accepting that if I was a Liverpool fan. But anyway, they're wounded and there's an opportunity here for Newcastle to get three points and they've got to approach it in the right manner. Like you say, show no fear and just just go in, go in with that mindset that you're on a level playing field totally. and you can beat Liverpool. I mean, I've said it many times in the past, but it's a very, very good Jordy Shane and that is Shai Ben's yeah. getting them. Um, you've got to go down there and realise that you're playing, to a certain extent, Liverpool in name only, compared with the side Klopp had built so magnificently up there to get European success and then the Premier League title, which they wanted for 30 years. And yes, they're still a, a team full of potential, etc., etc. But you get amongst them. I mean, six successive home defeats. Can That is unimaginable for a Liverpool side. And culminating in Fulham winning 1-0, Fulham, who thankfully, from our point of view, have struggled so badly, they, they are still third bottom and in very grave danger of going down with West Brom and, and Sheffield United. Um, so we've got to look at them. I mean, Klopp... It sums up what what stage they're in when he said that the six games left, he, he said seven because it was before Leeds, are all cup finals for Liverpool to try to get into the Champions League and it will have been a successful season if they make the Champions League. So he's treating it as a cup final and for, new, for them to be in that situation and talking like that, and they're doing it on the back, of, as you rightly say, if, you know, everybody loved Klopp and everybody loved Liverpool, the neutrals, last season. And we were all quite happy to see them have the championship because... You know, we identify with Scousers to a great extent, Geordies, etc. But the damage that has been done to Liverpool um, through this last uh, business, Newcastle have got to try to take advantage of that uh, situation. And they can't throw the ball to Liverpool and say, we'll defend for 90 minutes and hope to get something out of it. They've got to have a little go. And... um, Surely they can take some confidence out of the fact that they've uh, they've just won back-to-back matches. They've only lost about one out the last seven. Although it was a, a very bad defeat at Brighton, um, and you know we've got to go down there and say this isn't the side we should be terrified of. This isn't Manchester City who we've still got to play. I mean that's the daunting task we face as Newcastle is when they play Manchester City, not when they play Liverpool. And um, although again, I think a lot will depend on who on uh, who is available and what is Steve Bruce's team selection. I think both of those situations will have an input on the way Newcastle go about their business. 100%, and we'll get on to potential injuries in a moment. But you mentioned there the form mm. in the last six games. Liverpool have picked up 10 points, Newcastle have picked up nine. And what I want to ask you, John, yes. obviously Newcastle have won the last couple of games. Um, and do they go into this with 
less pressure on them because they are eight points clear of Fulham in 18th and you know they're only probably oh. one more win from from safety massively massively so there's absolutely no question about that and um you know you look at what has changed and it's little things that have changed because when we went to Burnley and won we were shocking in the first half. We were the old Newcastle in the first half, and then some maximum dragged us out of that situation. Uh, and if you want to be negative, and I certainly do not, but if we want to be negative about beating West Ham, you can't get many more gifts in our first two goals that put us 2-0 up against West Ham. I mean, West Ham could play 100 times, and 99 times they will not make the basic mistakes that were made there, both in the way the centre-half decapitated Joe Linton to get the red card, which was significant. But the build-up after that, and San Maximum's shot, and I'm a San Maximum fan, was just a, a weak shot straight at the keeper, really. But by the time the centre-half and the keeper got in each other's way, and the centre-half played, played it with one foot off his standing leg and into the back of the net, and how often is Fabianski, who has been a very, very good goalkeeper for West Ham all season, going to drop the ball under no challenge and drop it behind him? Even Joe Linton couldn't miss from there. Uh, and it was 2-0, and we still contrived to, to uh, playing against 10 men to let them get the 2-2 before Joe Willett uh, rescued us. But we've got to get confidence because they, that was back-to-back wins and we'd had a very good home draw with Spurs just before that. So, yes, Liverpool, having had that shocking run, has picked, had three wins on the trot and then got pegged back by Leeds United. But in the second half at Leeds, they're not invincible. Um, and Newcastle have got to have a dip at them and, and believe in themselves. And the coaching staff, and I include uh, Steve Bruce in that quite obviously, have got to not put fear into Newcastle by telling them, oh, it's going to be difficult and we'll have play, keep five at the back and two sitting midfielders and one man up front. But no, the best form of defence is attack, not stupid attack, but, you know, with, with two guys up front, up top. And let's play the game. Let's see how good they are because they're still... Regardless of who they play at the centre of the defence, they still haven't got the defenders in that they would wish to have in. There's no Van Dijk. There's uh, there's none of these guys. There's no Matip. There's no Gomez. Let, let's see how good they are at the back if they're faced with, hopefully, Wilson and St. Maximum. It's interesting when you look at the stats with St. Maximum, just how much Newcastle rely on them. Uh Oh, Their win ratio with no him question. in the side is 37%. It's just 15 when he's not being available. So that tells you how much Newcastle rely on him. We've seen him in the last couple of games especially make the big difference. Now, he did go off with a swollen ankle against West Ham, which yeah. is a big worry. It happened early in the first half and he continued. Steve Bruce said they were waiting to yeah. assess him. We don't know what the answer to that assessment is going to be. We'll no doubt find out during Steepers' press conference on Friday. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. We hope, John, yeah. that St. Maximum is fit and healthy because as much as it's been positive for the last few weeks, I would say 95% of that has been down to him and him alone. 
Oh, I mean, I've said it before on our podcast, Andrew, but this is a man who's different. This is a man who's unpredictable. And to be different and unpredictable, you've got to have ability because you, you can't do it just on on brute strength or on big heart. Or, yeah, he is the difference because he's got something extra in all sides need a player like that. And they are big-time players. You look at Aston Villa's record without Jack Grealish. Uh, you've got to have somebody that's different, and he is different. He worries people. And, um, yes, all the stats point to Newcastle win nine times out of ten with him in the side and not when he's out of the side. But you've only got to see him for ten minutes play to realise that, that he is the biggest hope you've got because he's direct. When he picks up the ball, whatever part of the field he picks it up in, his only thought is to go forward. Not to pass sideways, not to dribble square. It's to go forward. He only knows one way to go. And that terrifies people. And it would be a massive blow if we had to go down there without him because the rest of the team however much effort to put in and however much running they're willing to do will be predictable when he will not be. Now, if we manage to get Callum Wilson into a starting position, uh, as opposed to coming on with sub, and he's been a week behind some maximum all the way in match fitness, then that lengthens or shortens the odds in our favour yet again because he is our natural finisher. Much more of a natural finisher than Sam Maximum is, but Sam Maximum's got the rest. So if we can get Callum Wilson out there as well, um, then, you know, the the picture with Miggy Almeron willing to run all day like the Jewish Al Bunny, you've, you've got a bit of a chance. Um and we've got to look at it that way. Of course, the, the interesting question after that is what you do with uh, Joe Willock or what um, uh, Steve Bruce does with him because uh, he has knocked on the door and said, announced himself and um, with three goals since he's joined us on loan and is demanding that he, he gets a start. Yeah, it's he? an interesting one, isn't it? That was going to be my final question before we get your score prediction is, what do you do with Joe Willick? Now, some people saying you drop Shelby and you play Willick in the centre with Longstaff. I don't think that would work. I think in time, in a couple of seasons, if Longstaff continues to improve and get back to that level we've we've seen him in right at the beginning, he may be able to play in that sort of deeper role that Shelby does mm. so. But right now, I don't think he's ready. I don't think, and especially I don't think he's ready against a side like Liverpool. So it's interesting where you would fit Willick in. Can you can you see him dropping either Shelby or Longstaff and putting him in the middle? It's a very, very good question. I think he's got to put him somewhere um, because he's a finisher from midfield. And by Jove, have we been short of finishers from midfield all the time that Steve Bruce has been here? We haven't got many finishers up front outside of Callum Wilson, never mind from midfield. So he's got to start because Two of his three goals, they and they've all been points winners. Uh, the equaliser against Spurs and the winner against Burnley were both in the subs bench, and we can't afford not to have that in our team. It's going to be dead interesting where he starts him because I think without a shadow of 
doubt if you went to the punters, they would, in the main, they would want Shelby dropped. But I think there's absolutely no chance of that. Without the tactical reshuffle about Shelby playing from deep, people would want him dropped because they, they think he only plays um, Hollywood passes. And, of course, when he hasn't got the ball, he's something of a liability in the way he gets around the pitch. He's, he's not a chaser, he's not quick, uh, he hasn't got an engine. And so most people would have Shelby out and some would have Longstaff. I think Longstaff has come back and, and, and done very, very well and is part of the future. But even if you play and sort of move a little to the left, Willock, You've got to get him just for the morale of the team, just for the goals that he presents. I mean, he scored he scored a couple of them from very, very close in. And for, for a midfield player to get on the end of stuff knocked across the six-yard box is terrific because we've got a, a forward player called Joe Linton that you can count how many times he gets into the six-yard box, not the 18-yard box, the six-yard box. And yet Willock's turned up twice in the six-yard box to, to win his points. So, you know, you've got to play him in there somewhere, and that's what Bruce is getting the big bucks to, to decide where across the middle line uh, you can play him. But... Um, I think it will be difficult to leave him out. Shelby, of course, would be absolutely mortified if he was left out going back to Liverpool, his old club. And I don't think for one second that Steve Bruce will drop him because A, he loves him in the same way he seems to love Joe Linton, and B, he's made him his captain with Lascelles out. So I don't think for one second we're going to see uh, Shelby left outside. Certainly going to be interesting come half 11 on Saturday when we see that team mm. news drop. John, to finish off then, how do you see Saturday going? <laughs> Great question. Um, I think with the right approach, we've got a real chance. Whether we're capable of taking that chance and whether Liverpool, who are in absolute desperation now to try to make the Champions League for next season and will be in twice as much desperation after what's happened off the field round Danfield um, because they've annoyed their own fans, Henry, with the sort of stance he's took, has annoyed his own fans. So they, there's a heap of pressure on them. You just always feel with Liverpool, do you not, that they're one step away from clicking. Even when they're having a bad time like they have this season, bad time by their standards, not ours, isn't that? You feel they're one step away from clicking. If they click and if they get the front three can get amongst the goals, then we will lose. Um, and I've got a feeling that it's not going to be our day and we might just lose narrowly, whether it's 2-1 or whatever. Uh, but I would like to think with the right... With, the right approach, we can get something. With the wrong approach, we can get nothing but we're backside tanned. So we've got to have the right approach. But I've got a feeling they might just carry too much for us for all the troubles they have got. 